0: This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows.
1: This week, Quark. Episodes 0 and 1.
0: Commander, it's an emergency laser grenade. From PERMA-1! Quark, blow your reactor and save galaxy. Nice knowing you. <laughs> you know if andy hadn't dumped that load we would all be extremely dead (laughs) we owe our lives to that plucky jumble of spare parts
1: welcome to continuum drag the podcast that trolls the ancient airwaves scooping up tv's rejected sci-fi garbage i'm luke here with my co-host jordan what's real jordan
0: i thought we were gonna say what's your dazzle (laughs) remember
1: (laughs) no i'm not i'm not saying no what's your dazzle
0: I'm not changing my catchphrase at this point. At this point, it's 70-something episodes in. Now, No one wants What's Your Dazzle. What's Real is My Dazzle.
1: Well, fine. We'll do. A, we'll put a poll up on that. <laughs> all right. Well, this week, we're getting into a new series uh, from 1977 and 78, a sci-fi comedy called Quark.
0: I think we should say sci-fi in quotes and comedy in quotes. <laughs> well, it's definitely science fiction. It's definitely science fiction. That's true. Comedy, we will see. I mean... Its era has its own comedy. It's true. Um, I, I
1: like knew nothing going into this. I actually thought it was going to be British for some reason. Oh, I don't, really? I
0: don't know why. All I knew is we had talked about it, I think, months and months ago. And I think, did you suggest this show or did I? Or did we both just come across it? I
1: think I found a bunch of, I just was adding stuff to the list. And that was just one of the ones. Yeah. And it was like, because I found like a few lists of like sci-fi comedies. I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw some of these on the list. So we have a little bit of a mixture of genre. I just
0: remember you saying to me. I found a show about a garbage collector in space, and I was like, "Yep, oh, sounds good to me."
1: Well, if that was me, I don't recall it. So <laughs> I honestly, I think I maybe thought that's what Space Rangers was. About.
0: <laughs> well, in some ways, in some ways, it was
1: uh, the the photo of it. Like every time I saw it before we watched the show, in my mind, I thought it was a sitcom about space truckers. So maybe that's why I was so disappointed.
0: About it you probably, you probably it. could re recut it into a way that. It could work. Yeah. It could work. Into a tight five minutes.
1: Um, so this this show, Quark, aired between May 7th, 1977 and April 7th, 1978 on NBC. And uh, there seems to have been two pilots for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a pilot that aired May 7th. And then it seems to have gone to series on May 24th with sort of a 2.0 pilot. It's interesting. The pilot episode really introduces all the characters, even though there's a character who gets removed from like clearly is exercised from mm-hmm. the pilot by the second episode. And then the second episode that they put on, it's like 45 minutes long, which is interesting because I think we may have watched different episodes. Yeah. We we
0: just discovered this maybe 10 seconds ago that there's two versions online and and I'm going to blame this on me because I didn't do any research. I just clicked on what I found um, and I didn't look into it. I should have sent you the playlist. So what I think has happened now is how long was your first episode you watched?
1: See, my first episode was a regular half hour like just 25 minutes yeah
0: mine too and how long was your episode two
1: now uh my episode two is about 45 minutes
0: okay so mine was 25 minutes
1: all right now your episode one does it have Obi mud in it yes it does all right so then you definitely watched the the original pilot that then was retooled later with uh i'm assuming your second one had ficus in it yeah the new doctor the new doctor yeah did they fight the gorgons
0: very very momentarily very mundane. Okay,
1: my whole episode, my whole second episode is all Gorgon fighting all the oh, time. Oh, well,
0: this is going to be a first where you're going to have to explain some of this to me, and then I'll maybe show you where things got cut. Interesting. Um, yeah. So what came first, the 45-minute one? Or no, the
1: 25-minute one is episode zero. It aired in May of 77, mm-hmm. and then in February of 78, they like went to the series proper and ran their seven episodes. So there seems to be like there's a big gap between the two of them. Um, interesting. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll have to see if they're even the same episode. Maybe you maybe you just ended up watching like episode two because someone thought that was the pilot. Oh,
0: that could be right. I could have watched episode three.
1: Yeah, you might have. That might be the case. Um, I'll send you the playlist, but you skipped. Here's the thing. When I was watching it, I watched the pilot. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it was, this was the case that it was a zero and a one until I watched the pilot. And I put on the next episode. I'm like, why is episode two 45 minutes long?
0: Well, this is gonna be something. So, if this is uh, happening here in real time, we'll just—I'll just be a viewer.
1: Yeah, I'll just be ex- ex- just like the listener. Jordan yeah. will just hear about the episode from me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we get into it, as I like to do, I looked into what was happening in the world around the time Quark was out. Um, I focused on the, the run of the show, so sort of 78 February to mm-hmm. May area. So much stuff. Really? And I tried to make it related to kind of what we talk about the podcast, but we'll, we'll go through it. Let's see what, go, what we've got. February 27th, a few days after that second pilot airs, uh, the first global positioning satellite is launched, March 1st. Charlie Chaplin's corpse is stolen.
0: <laughs> Whoa,
1: I never knew Charlie Chaplin's corpse was stolen. Stolen, yeah. These guys dug it up and then tried to uh,
0: ransom it back to his widow. <laughs> Well, first, that's terrible. Secondly, how did I not know that? I, that's I, weird. I didn't know until I was going through this. This is why. I and that it. was 1978. 1978,
1: March 1st, uh, March 3rd, the New York Post published an article about an upcoming book called "In His Image: The Cloning of a Man," in which the author claimed to be having been involved in the secret cloning of a wealthy man in 1977.
0: So. A guy wrote a book
1: and he he claims he helped put together the scientists so a wealthy man could clone himself. So he's basically, this guy claimed a human being had been cloned in 1977. Right. But it hadn't. Uh, I mean, it's never been disproven, but it's li- widely believed to be a hoax. Right. But New York Post, New, or the New York Post, did a huge article about it.
0: Hmm. The 70s. What a time. What a
1: time. That's the, February 27th. Four days later is March 1st. Or less than that. Two days later is March 1st. Two days after that, March 3rd. This is the cloning thing. 3 days after that, March 6th, Larry Flint shot and paralyzed.
0: <laughs> That's not funny, but there's another I'll t- there's something funny about Larry Flint, but we don't need to go into it. He's just well, I mean, he's funny to look at. It's it's just that okay, we, we'll cut this out of the podcast. It's I once saw an interview with him and he was, you know, in his wheelchair and talking, and what he said was, "I was the first one to show pubic hair." <laughs> and I remember that was like his claim to fame, and I thought, "Wow." What, what, what an important what a person in history. What a life. Yeah, anyways. But he was he said it like very like, like it was something. Sounds like Larry Flint. Yeah.
1: All right, let's jump forward. Uh, two days later, March 8th, the first episode of the radio version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is transmitted. Hmm. It's just transmitted? That's what they said on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Broadcast, Broadcast by the I BBC. See.
0: I thought maybe it was like transmitted to space. <laughs> or something.
1: I mean, inevitably it got there. Uh, two days after that, March 10th, Soja, twenty eight becomes the third successful docking with the russian space uh, space station Hmm. third of all time Hmm. anyway this is just going to say like this is eventful like two weeks in history that's why no one's watching but
0: but most importantly quark's going on quark's going on
1: all right and then well well i'll finish this off with two births february 24th the day the uh, second pilot aired and this one's just for me uh south korean rapper gary was born Don't know who that is. That's fine. <laughs> I don't like no, that you know like no that. Um, and then uh, <laughs> this is maybe something for our fans. Um, in March, and I didn't write down the date, but sometime in March, uh, Jensen Ackles was born, uh, star of Supernatural.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Sci-fi guy. But more importantly, what was the um, the Korean rapper's name? Gary. Gary. Is it just G-A-R-Y? No. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan now. Yeah, Gary, he's
1: the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice time. All right. Let's let's D- let's get into this. Shall we? Let's do we?
0: it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I can't believe we might have watched opposite episodes.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Here is the INDB summary for episode zero, Quark. Mm-hmm. And now I've edited this down quite a bit because the writer literally wrote the entire episode out as the <laughs> summary. It's 1017 galaxy time, April 2nd, as we see Quark picking up space garbage for the United Galaxy Sanitation Patrol. We are then introduced to Adam Quark and the wacky crew, <laughs> Gene slash Gene, Obi-Mudd, the bettys and andy the android and uh that was courtesy of i cannot i'm not gonna be able to pronounce Francis name h pili <laughs> all
0: right h Pilipai. i'm gonna make one correction and that that's either uh old h here or you it's gene comma gene gene comma gene. yeah that's how it's properly written gene comma gene well, there you go. and uh of all the elements in the show i would argue that has aged the worst <laughs>
1: I mean it's it's a it's a it's a tight race between Betty's the Betty's and yeah. poor Jean Jean. Oh I
0: think Jean Jean takes it. But we'll let, we'll, we'll get, get into, into
1: it. it. All right. So um it kind of reveals a lot, but like the intro to this show is like kind of some fun seventies space model work. Spaceship models are just like floating around space mm-hmm. and uh what, what do
0: you think of the, the ship? The the main ship we find as as it comes in.
1: Oh it's it's a nice long it looks it looks like something from the be on like Bowser Galactic or something. Yeah. Like all the model work is fine for the time.
0: Like, it's actually... Yeah, I think so, too. ...pretty good. It's much more Star Trek than it is Star Wars. Absolutely.
1: And, I mean, uh, I, I understand that this show's on NBC, so Star Trek's network, and they I think they reused some of these stuff from Star Trek in the show. I'll tell
0: you what they definitely reused, the uh, sound of the computers. Yes, yes, 100%. Yeah. And not only that, also... Uh, not that it's i've ripped it off but it sounds just like our computer on our show <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh what, that's just a coincidence yeah though, right yeah. just a weird coincidence mm-hmm. um at any rate we we meet sort of a quick shot of the crew in the ship and like the big reveal as was in the summary is like you watch them approaching the other ship and theirs and then the big reveal is that ship poops out a big bag of garbage and their ship's mouth it has a mouth that opens up and two little hands that come out and it gobbles that garbage up
0: what i liked is in the future garbage is still put in green bags green guys, right? just really big ones yeah
1: but yes this kind of is like it, this is the big reveal of the beginning before we go into like a, a funky electro beat theme
0: song oh well the theme song is great i love the theme song i want to make it my ringtone but th- something happened right when it grabbed garbage for the first time um laugh track Oh yeah, that was the first. I was like, "Oh, here we go," because it's it. This is not a in studio audience laugh track. It's one of those really clearly canned laugh laugh tracks. Oh
1: yeah, this is all canned laughs all the way through. We jump from there to a little bit of world building, just setting us up. We see Perma One, the space station, Mm -hmm. which is uh, its its model is just this big floating kind of disc city. It looks all
0: right. Yeah, I thought so too. We meet
1: Dr. Otto Palindrome, the superintendent-in-chief of the station, who's uh, a greeting a variety of alien races. Um, he lists off kind of like varieties of like yeah. alien sort of things. Um, I got I got a few of them here, like humanoids, multiforms, polymorphic pods. And then like he keeps going, but the laugh track drowns out <laughs> what he's
0: saying. And I'm like, I want to hear the rest <laughs> of his race. And the the creature work for a, let's for lack of a better word, let's call this a satire. Um, I don't know if that's what this is. It's a parody. Yeah. It's a parody. I, I mean, even that it's, eh, loose. it's a loose, loose parody. Loose parody. But uh, uh, the good, creature works pretty good. good. Creature work. Yeah.
1: They like uh, he's basically telling them all about the United Galaxy, which is their federation, and like why Perma one's here to protect them, and they're all cheering his speech. And like one of the aliens' head is smoking when it ch- claps, and another one's mm-hmm. like making weird clicking noises. And I mean, listen, the jokes in this thing are pretty hit or miss. Very dated. Very of their time. But I will say, when the aliens are cheering, there's a moment when he finishes his the speech, and they, all, they all clap for him, and then one alien just keeps clapping for too long, and he just like wait. I was like, yeah, that tickled me. It was just like I'm like, some of these comedy beats are some of them still. Yeah. No, there's
0: up. not many, but they and go it, for it.
1: And of course, as he's giving the speech, telling them how safe it is on Perma One, uh, behind him, in in classic like naked gun fashion, there's a disaster happening behind mm-hmm. him, and the whole the whole station's being threatened. This yeah. is the kind of jokes where yeah, in this I, for
0: I actually it. wish there was more jokes like that and less just people saying things and kind of raising an eyebrow to the audience What? yeah I'm like what i don't what, what's the joke anyway.
1: anyway anyway that kind of sets up the world we're in and we hop back to the uh another part of the galaxy where we get to meet commander quark properly as he's uh, sitting down to do his own version of the captain's log a diary that they'll come to call a star note mm-hmm. and uh what i do like is we i don't know if it'll come up in other episodes we'll find out i guess you may already know this answer <laughs> if you've watched ahead yeah um his little pet ergo the Mm -hmm. weird slug thing that comes out of its cage and he like seems to want to kill him that's the only thing but it's just like a clear plastic bag basically with two eyes on either end but it moves around real cool it sounds exactly like this sound effect thing we got from our listener well i'm gonna play right now that's that's the sound it makes i'm like it's our
0: stick it's probably just that's all they did. But yeah, it actually looks they basically I think Ergo has an eye on either side of him. Yes. But yeah, he just sort of looks the mix of a plastic bag and a sock.
1: Yeah. He's like a little slug thing and it's he's constantly trying to kill Quark. Um I I, I like that little slug thing. I I was like, That's fun. I like yeah. this weird slug. It moves around gross. Um anyway, through this diary, we basically get introduced to all the characters on the ship. There's um the two Betty's who mm-hmm. are second in command and also kind of the pilots of the ship essentially she's a woman and her own clone and i mean what like basically
0: the the joke is either they're always speaking e- at the same time yeah they're always speaking at the same time it's a real like it's twins can you believe it um
1: they're scantily clad
0: yeah they're always they only ever like wear whatever shows off their as much of their legs as possible and very ditzy yeah they're dumb they're dumb blondes and they and they love the lead character for no real reason and it's either that they know there's who the clone is and who's not, and they don't want to say it, or they both actually think they're the real they're the person. person. It doesn't really matter because the joke is just like, can you believe I got two women and they both love me? Well,
1: that's what's kind of weird though is about
0: that too It's like you would think that's
1: the joke, but like the joke that's running is just like, I really love Betty too, but only the original, and I can't figure out which one that is. Like he just like he's yeah. like it's constantly about him not making a move because he can't figure out which one is which, which is weird.
0: But they are weirdly attracted to him for no reason because he shows oh, yeah. you nothing there's no reason why anyone would be attracted to this guy i
1: mean this is it's the we 70s will barely talk about her i'm sure for most of the series because her only role and all the jokes about her is just she's like kind of ditzy yeah and like scantily clad that's it like honestly most of my notes largely don't talk about her because i'm just yeah. like it's always the same joke over and over again mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately the same is a little bit true with our next character uh gene comma gene the chief engineer
0: yeah and now before you explain what uh this character is you get to see him do some voices and things and i didn't know what was happening the first scene or two i was like what is that supposed to be the performance i will say if you aren't told what he's doing you're not gonna know
1: it's it's gonna be very confusing he's uh described as a transmute uh both male and female
0: yeah and But how does that manifest itself?
1: That's the thing is it doesn't manifest itself. Like, I was just like, oh, that's a weird idea for this time period. But it's really more like a TV version of multiple personalities. Like, he's either talking in an feminine voice or he's talking in a masculine voice. And they don't even seem to be related to the same human being.
0: You think, oh, that's a really weird progressive idea. But it's not. Basically, what you have is the guy's a guy. He's just like, hey, I'm an engineer. I do work. But the woman is constantly um stupid stupid and naggy and like i like crochet and that's it it's, it's as if they've never it, you've only been told of what a woman well, that is, is before
1: that is the one thing i was just like i was like oh man is this going to be like really offensive as far as like transgender people I'm like oh it's more just offensive to women yeah
0: <laughs> like yeah. It's,
1: it's like oh they don't even have the idea of what that might be in their heads it's just like sometimes he's a man sometimes his personality is a woman but the
0: woman's just annoying <laughs> well that's what the male side of the character is competent and the female character is just there to be annoyingly emotional.
1: Well it's funny, in the episode you probably didn't watch, um, they almost don't use the female gene at all. Oh. And the male gene in the entire episode is basically portrayed as some sort of like warmongering like madman, mm-hmm. which is very different from the episode he first appeared in. I'm just I, I feel like I'm just like because no one knows has any idea what they're doing with this right. character. In fact, and this is one is another character I don't think we'll talk about much because in the episodes I watched anyway has no nothing to do just other than the same joke over and over again. Right. And so one thing that I thought was kind of funny, and I'm sure it's completely unrelated, but have you seen Legion? Yes. Now in Legion, first going back to the Betty's, they have kind of a a group of robots who are all kind of very attractive women who are all like pretty like tightly clad and kind of walking around a little bit eye candy, but they all have mustaches on, but they all kind of talk at the same time Mm -hmm. and like they all they, they're, uh, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, it's I'm, uh, like my mind went there for some reason. And then when they introduced Gene and Gene, there's those characters in that show who oh, share that's the body, right. Carrie yeah, yeah. and Carrie. Obviously, much better done. It's like one, it's like two people, a man and a woman who share a body and can only one can only exist mm-hmm. at one time. I was just like, it's so weird that this I, I just was watching. I'm like, there's like a weird parallel of the Legion that I'm sure is totally random and only because I just probably watched it a few months ago.
0: <laughs> right, but um, this does bring us to. Doctor Obi Mud,
1: the uh, research and equipment specialist.
0: I know, you know. Spoiler: Doctor Obi Mudd is not going to be in it he's later be because immediately. Be, yeah, because both episodes we watched, he's gone. I kind of like Doctor Obi Mudd. He's stupid. It's a dumb character, but I was like. He's, he's basically an old guy who may or may not be crazy. He's got a patch in his eye and I think later on they say the reason he has a patch in his eye is because he fell asleep looking into a stethoscope. A microscope, A yeah. microscope, excuse me. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't looking be looking into in a... a stethoscope. Yes, yeah, that's funny doctor, too. Doctor, you sure have been a real doctor. That's actually funnier. They should have changed that line. Um, but yeah, he's like got a big beard. He's a real grizzled. He's a real grizzled yeah. old man.
1: And I mean, it's very funny because for uh, most of the screen time, he gets the most screen time of all the side characters in this episode, yeah. for sure. And uh, he primarily is either a asking to be transferred being a bigot towards gene and gene yeah he really
0: doesn't like gene and gene
1: or there's some like talking about how he's created our next character kind of thing but uh it's very funny because like all, all this asking to be transferred uh, it worked he's off the, <laughs> yeah. the
0: show but you did mention who's the next character
1: the character he built is Andy the Android. Yeah, um, he's a he's a classic big boxy robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a big clear head with like glowing light eyeballs and like spinning doodads in, in the in the box on his head. A lot of fun, this little robot. Uh, not much do going on in this episode, um, and I'll tell you all about him next episode. He's yeah. much better in the next episode. But, um, but yes, the idea is Obi Mud's been trying to perfect him, and like um, it's there's some cute scenes where. Like the Quark will walk up to him and he's just like, and he gives the robot something. And the robot's just like, thank you. And Quark's like, thank you. He's like,
0: more welcome. Yeah. That's the joke.
1: That's the joke. He can't say thank you.
0: Yeah. It's very cute. That's it. I didn't know if I found it that cute. I i thought, I wonder how long they're going to do this joke for. And the answer is three hours?
1: Three hours? Is the there more in the next episode?
0: No, they just kept doing it. Well, yeah. This
1: is the only. I mean this thing with Andy too, he'll barely be in this episode as well. Like they really focus on Obi Mudd. Like these other yeah. characters are kind of like one-note jokes for the most of this pilot. And uh, it's very funny because in the next episode I watched, uh, since Obi Mudd's knocked out, they retcon it so that uh Quark's it's Quark's robot, Quark's been working on him this whole mm. time. <laughs> they really they really retcon Obi Mudd right. right out of the show. Also kind of mentioned during this diary thing, which is uh it's just some interesting world building for the show, is uh Earth has been abandoned long ago and uh Quark himself comes; he's a descendant of Americans. Yeah, over. that's
0: right. That's right. Yeah, and who who did they uh, who did ancient humans used to worship?
1: Oh, and who also governed them? It was a uh, fully clothed talking mouse. So stupid.
0: <laughs> stupid. Like that's 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 the level of the jokes. Like they 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 look like jokes, they smell like jokes, but well, they're not really jokes.
1: I mean, that wasn't the worst joke in the
0: show. No, it, that's true.
1: Uh, but what about this, Jordan? How much did you enjoy the little portholes There are slides they jump I into? did like that. Anytime they leave yeah. a room, a little porthole opens and they jump into it, and it's just a slide that slides them down to yeah, another room. That was pretty good. I don't know how they get back out. Also, up.
0: I do fun. like not to uh, uh, ruin if it's in your little notes there. Your little notes. I <laughs> say <laughs> unintentionally patronizing. Me. Yeah. <laughs> your little notes over there is they also have a food dispenser, oh, yeah. which is a big tube that they, they all sit down at a table, pull down a big, I think it's a, like a yellow tube or a yellow end on it. And they bothly put it in their mouth, and what looks like just a big piece of poop flows down and goes into their mouth, and they're like, mm, great, and that happens a couple times
1: well uh they call it uh I liked what it they, because they're like time to ingest
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah oh i should I should say that at work time to ingest everyone <laughs> Time
1: to ingest uh did you did you catch what night it was what 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 dinner night it was?
0: no, what was it it was special treat night, <laughs> and, is that it
1: yeah, and then uh they were served hearts of plankton, hot space biscuits. <laughs> That's puree of asteroid germ uh, and something else I couldn't understand and they conclude it with uh, some wine as a moistening agent
0: <laughs> what was what kind of what were they muffins space muffins hot space muffins. hot space muffins, <laughs> hot space muffins. yeah those are my favorite um, uh, and then like that's the big gag they list off
1: their menu and then just a blob falls into their mouth yeah.
0: yeah it just looks like a big pile of poo
1: Anyway, uh, let's let's get to the plot, shall we? Mm-hmm. of This episode. Um, so, palindrome palindrome on Perma One. He's using an interface to call the call their leader, and the interface is like a old timey telephone operator both yeah. forearms. Yeah. But uh, he's calling his boss, which is the head, mm-hmm. which is a just a giant head, a big giant head. But, oh, here's the thing. He with l- a he
0: looks a lot. Yeah, he looks a lot. Like The same character's design as Vincent Price in the 1960s Batman show, right? Very similar, um, but there's a little bit larger head. And I was like, I like this. This character is an alien or whatever he is, it's just a head, but they kind of ruined the gag later on because you see his hands. <laughs> yes, they, that's true. They, 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 they gave him like a piece of paper or something, he has hands. I'm like, oh, well, like you couldn't, you couldn't figure a way around this. Like, there's actually funny gags. What if the paper's in his mouth or something? But uh, they, they weren't anyway. working hard now, anyway. He's he's essentially supposed to be a floating head and occasionally you see his hands i mean
1: i like that big giant head is just like the go-to for sci-fi comedy just like third rock from the sun yeah that's that's right yeah it's just that that's what they go for they're talking about a large explosion that happened in the m82 sector that has Mm -hmm. propelled an enzyme cloud toward perma-1 in populated space and it's metabolizing everything in its path including gravity
0: (laughs) This is, uh, this is real space ranger science, huh?
1: Yeah, it truly is. Um, and of course, there's only one ship in the area that will be able to intercept it, which is Quark, of course. Mm-hmm. Did, did the ship have a name? No, I don't think so. Yeah,
0: they always just say it's, uh, it's Adam, Cork Adam Quark? Yeah,
1: I think it's Adam Quark ship. And um, they no one respects Quark. That much is clear. Yeah. And they're basically are like, hey, at least he has a military service record. Um, he did active duty during the Sagittarius Rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but who was he captured by jordan
0: uh, i know it was a potato species
1: yes uh, the solenoids an animated mildly intelligent species of tubers or dissident potatoes <laughs>
0: that you know what that was pretty good there are a few like there's a few ones small bon- yeah bots. yeah it, like even dissident potatoes even on the page is pretty good it's pretty good it's yeah.
1: pretty good uh, but keep in mind there's a lot of dead air between these <laughs> that's right that's right yeah um anyway uh they kind of realize what they can do is if Quark flies into the enzyme cloud, sets his reactor to explode, he can stop the cloud. It's a suicide mission, but no one likes Quark, so uh, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, they can't get through to him because there's interference from the cloud. So uh, the head and palindrome will spend most of the episodes trying to send a lasergram, which is a telegram.
0: Yeah, it's a telegram. Yeah, like a space telegram. But the joke is, again quote on joke is that they have to pay by the word so they spend the whole time arguing about what the message should be because they don't want to spend too much money they're trying to cut words out of the message yeah out of the message but every time they cut a word it doesn't really it makes less sense that's the joke
1: yeah um anyway so while this message isn't being sent um mud on the spaceship has he notices his enzyme cloud in his readings which is weird because he sort of talks about how like it might hit them and turn them into space jelly but then nobody does anything about it they're just like all right, time for time to ingest and then go to bed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you notice by the way in uh, one shot uh what the book Dr. Obi Mudd was reading? No, I missed it. Uh, he was reading a book called The Perception of Moving Trash. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty fun. Yeah.
1: They're they're going to get some sleep in their uh, crygenopods.
0: Yeah, so they're just like your sort of sleek-looking hill looking beds that they go into End for seemingly for like two months yeah months yeah.
1: like that i mean i kind of like this like i like they didn't have warp drive i kind of like they're like oh this is like alien technology they mm-hmm. have to get frozen wherever they're going it's going to be two months away and, and the gag kind of here is he's like he sets he sets the thing he's like all right uh set it for two months from now may 7th uh wake us up at 7 a.m and gene's just like ah why so early the joke being they slept for yeah. two months and they got to get up at 7am.
0: Yep. That's the joke. It's very relatable though. Cause who who <laughs> wants to get up at 7am? <laughs> it's true. It is very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Of course,
1: before they can get to bed though, the ship is hit by a gravity warp, which is um, them like sliding around the ship, mm-hmm. flopping around. Yeah. Because, you know, just like the original Star Trek, they got hit by something or another. Basically, the they're inside the the cloud, the enzyme cloud, and the and the ships being uh, dissolved around them, but they don't really do anything to save the day. Do you remember how the day is saved?
0: Um, yes, it's there's a little subplot of Andy mm-hmm. and Andy. The Andy's the robot, and he keeps accidentally thinking parts of the ship are robots, or at least one specific part of the ship. It, yeah, is the a garbage robot. control
1: is a robot,
0: and he's basically trying to force. Uh, um, He's molesting it a little. Yes. He's molesting the ship a little bit because he's in love with it. And he accidentally. He like, like he rips gi- it, Gyrates or something. Yeah. Yeah. He, he rips like
1: rips it clean while he's like trying to dance with it or something. It ejects the garbage from the ship. The enzyme cloud changes paths to follow the garbage to eat that. And they inadvertently save the day.
0: Yeah. Um. So thanks. uh, thanks, horny, horny robot. Horny robot.
1: I did like at the end where they're like, well, Andy, because they're all congratulating. Like, you saved us, Andy. You you tore that garbage disposal off the garbage control and saved us. He's like, "You're talking about my fiance."
0: (laughs) That's the episode.
1: It is crazy. Like they're all cheering. They they finally get the message from uh, Perma Mm One, which essentially says, "Blow yourself up." Uh, Nice knowing you.
0: Yeah, I thought that was funny.
1: It sort of like just ends with them being like, "Hey, good work, Quark and crew. We're giving you a new mission now. You're going to scour the galaxy, uh, but also pick up garbage still." Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Yep. Very, fairy sitcom,
0: and it really felt like a pilot.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. They had no idea. Like it felt
0: like we'll figure this out. Later. We'll figure this out as we go along. Yeah. So that's the episode. Now the next episode. Let's just double check. We we watched actually watched episode, uh, different episodes. My episode is about cork aging rapidly.
1: No, not at all. Okay.
0: So I don't know how you want to do this. Well, because we have
1: a guest coming in next week right let's do your episode we probably should do my episode yeah, since, okay i mean think of it this way one last episode for you to watch
0: that's true and that's you don't true. have to watch the 45 minute double episode <laughs> that's true so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna close my, my computer right. and and, you, and you're i'm just gonna like lean back rest close my eyes and you're just gonna take me to a dreamland of a-, of a dreamland of uh science fiction When you to pepper me with some questions Yeah. yeah head. of course i will all right. Well, I'm going to have them because I have no idea what's happening.
1: Here is the I to be summary for episode 1. May the source be with you.
0: <laughs> I'm going to hate this episode already. <laughs> That'd make an interesting conversation. Say, don't you have a mission or something? I'm supposed to seek out and destroy the High Gorgon's Doomsday Ship. Well, that should keep you busy. Palindrome, it's huge, it's fast, it's powerful. What am I supposed to do, ram it with my souped-up garbage ship? Oh, you're always asking for a good mission, Quark. This is
1: too good. Nobody could
0: do this and survive. Nah, nobody but you, Quark. You've got one of the finest crews in the fleet, don't you? Well, they're good with garbage, but what can an emotional transmute, (laughs) a homemade robot, a Betty, her clone, and a
1: plant do against the Gorgon's Doomsday Ship? Uh, panic is breaking loose at Perma 1 as the head summons Palindrone, Quark, and other spaceship commanders to tell them that they will soon do battle with their arch enemies, the dreaded Gorgons. Uh, courtesy again from H. Uh, Pylipu? <laughs> How would you say this? It's a P, yeah, followed by a Y, followed by an L, followed by another Y, followed by another P, followed by an I, followed by a W.
0: Pew. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. They'll they'll write it and let us know.
1: So as mentioned before, uh, Obi Mudd is out. He's moved yeah. for the episode. And we can talk a little bit about this. They introduce a new character to replace him, mm. a uh, character named Ficus, who is basically a Spock
0: surrogate. Is that what he was supposed to be?
1: Well, in this episode, him and Quark mostly argue about like human emotions and
0: whether they're useful uh. or not. So he feels and he's very like straightforward, he doesn't do anything. See, skipping this episode, I thought he was just in the next episode. I was like, why is there just like a grumpy guy in this? <laughs> I think he's supposed to have like no emotions. Right. Okay. Do you, do you know what he is? No, he's just a grumpy guy.
1: He is a plant. <laughs> okay. That's oh. why his name is Spike. He's a plant man.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's definitely not there in episode two, three. See all the nuances you mm-hmm. missed? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> anyway, it starts on Perma one. There's a gore gun alert
1: sounding. You, you'll be sorry you missed this though. Uh, well, everyone's panicking. A little uh, cousin it like alien runs around and has oh. like, some interactions. It's very, very
0: cute. And um, uh, do we get to see the Gorgons in this episode? We do. Oh, I am disappointed. Uh, don't be. <laughs>
1: the Gorgons have uh, they developed a devastating new weapon, and uh, the High Gorgon is on its way to United Space to kind of like overthrow them. The Gorgons are basically a humanoid race, they just look like humans. Oh, really? But they're all dressed in black. They're kind of like a cross between like Darth Vader and maybe like a lawn hockey team. Like it, they kind of look like they're wearing sportswear, mm. but it's all black. And uh, I was
0: hoping they'd be. I was hoping it was uh, uh, in the first episode. Remember, there's a big guy. There's like a guy who looks like a like an uh, like an insect, but with a big cloak. I was oh like, yeah, that's yeah. what I was hoping they. Uh, like. no,
1: they they really cheaped out on these ones. I was yeah. really when they finally showed them, I was like, ah. and the High Gorgon, he's just like a '70s tough guy. Like it's not really that exciting either. And he's definitely supposed to be their Darth Vader or whatever. He's all right. black. Is one distinguishing distinguishing characteristic he's missing one hand so he has this stump on one arm that has like a little like latch on it so he's constantly attaching new attachments to it that's fun i wish they had more naked gunned it there's only right. like a couple things that are really good like somewhere you know he needs to talk to them, so they put like a little phone like a little microphone on his hand which is whatever there's one point where he's just like trying to th- he's like he's like i need to think bring me my hand and they put a hand on his hand on his stump and he just pulls it to his face
0: yeah, that's not a bad it's gag. Okay.
1: It was an okay gag. And later in the episode, he'll get like a a, a mace with spikes on it. I think. Right. But that's basically, they don't really go all out with it. Like you think you could push that like right. attachment thing a little further. The ship they fly around in though is amazing. It is a giant robot head. So imagine like Darth Vader's helmet, yeah. but with like bigger eyes. And like, it's all kind of like outlined in black and red. And it's the size of a planet. So it's gigantic. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's so big that uh, as it's flying toward uh, United, the United Galactic Space, or whatever, whatever it's called, it flies up to the most fierce warrior planet, Planet Sparta, home of the Spartans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And are 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 the Spartans a different race?
1: Apparently, I'm not sure. We don't, see them. We don't see them. Different species, or we don't see them. They 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 call down and say uh, surrender to us, and they're like, and and the Spartans are like, never. We've never surrendered to anyone in all time. Uh, we'll come out there and blow up your ship. And they're like, where is it? And we're, uh, all we see out there is a giant planet. And they're like, yeah, that's our ship. And they're like, all right, well, uh, welcome to the ship. It's mm. all yours. That's yours. That's the whole joke. Right. Uh, that's how big the ship is. So they surrender immediately. And so um, the only thing left to stop the Gorgons is Palindrome in the head assigned Quark another suicide mission to go stop the Gorgons. And Quark does not appreciate it. He's not happy about it. But they're going to give him the most legendary weapon they have
0: it's going to be uh let's see knowing this show it will be a box of tissues it's the source what's the source
1: they go to a special room open up a glowing orb to reveal the source which has been used in 200 years and it is a disembodied voice that provides advice huh so the whole episode there's just a disembodied voice constantly chatting uh,
0: and it's, that, if, if there's anything that sounds like a budget cut, that's it, huh? <laughs> um, and
1: the whole gag is it's it's a little unconfident, so it needs you to believe in it, or it can't believe in itself. Hmm. For instance, uh, when the when the crew uh, is sent to intercept the Gorgons, it uh, it it sort of reveals to everyone that if they don't believe in it, it can't work. You know, a Tinker Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. So he tells uh, Quark to take um, this ball bearing out of uh, the stomach of Andy and hold it in the air and the entire crew is to take out their gamma guns set them to pinprick mode and shoot them at cork and he needs to stop them with this like ball bearing to prove he believes in him and if he if he believes the source will help guide his hand and he just gets shot a million times with right yeah you know yep funny
0: yeah The, the the jokes in this are you know what it is they all feel like they're really close they're really close to a tone and uh, a feeling for the show but more often than not it's like they just went with their first idea and just and they just went with it and they were like man eh, this is as good as it's gonna get we gotta write know? 10 more of these yeah exactly they are, they arrive at the gorgon ship the source kind of tells them hey it's the
1: size of a planet go land in this sector it'll put you close to their power source so we can like take care of this whole problem of course the source is wrong he lands them in the wrong place mm. that's not, not a very good 200 year old weapon well, he, he's, really, he's really lost his confidence in that time in that sphere, I guess. And uh, most of the episode will be Quark talking to us, this self-pitying voice the whole time. So I'd say get used to it, but you don't have to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they infiltrate the Gorgon ship. And this is kind of my favorite parts of the episode is they infiltrate the Gorgon ship. And as they leave, Andy's like, in this episode, they really introduce the idea that Andy, the robot, is a coward. That's his whole trait is he's really? afraid of everything. He doesn't want to leave the ship. And so like, fine, you stay on the ship and you just like stall the guards when they get here. We know they're going to come Just stall them. So the guards show up and they're like, what are you doing here? And he's just like, I'm just your friendly galactic garbage, man. And they're like, well, prove it. Use the ship. And he like touches a couple of buttons and like the console version of fire. And he just like gives up everybody. He's just like cowardly like mm-hmm. gives up the entire crew. And his whole character, this whole episode is just him constantly selling them out, constantly just trying to like save his own skin. So what do you
0: like better? cowardly andy or andy that's a sexual predator
1: i like cowardly andy i felt like once we got into this part with this episode where andy was just like desperate to like not get hurt and desperate even though he like clearly likes the crew it takes no amount of pressure for him to give them up Mm. it it was it was a fun little uh, jordan you just have to imagine it i'm i'm imagining it
0: right now (laughs) that's why you have that frown on your face (laughs) well well you know that's just my natural state
1: anyway the crew kind of explores the ship and from here on, we kind of just, like, discard characters. Like, they just don't know what to do with anyone. So, like, right. Gene, for some reason, gets on an elevator that's full of guards. And then as we check back in with him throughout the episode, he's basically on, like, a PG killing spree. Hmm. He's just murdering Gorgons left and right. And it, they'll basically bump into him at the end of the episode to get back on the ship as he's been killing Gorgons. Right, because he's a man's like, man. His like, whole, his whole uniform's in tatters because he's been killing them with his hands. Right uh the bettys are at some point left at a a communications device to call to perma one to update them on the mission um they all spend most of the episode waiting on hold with perma one in front of this communications device Hmm. until a like line forms behind them to also use the phone and like there's just they they try to make gags out of it like they pretend not to know each other because they for some reason
0: why I, I don't no know. No reason? No reason. Even though they look exactly the same the, when they talk together? The,
1: like, that's the gag, I guess. They're like, well, we can't let them know we know each other and they look exactly
0: the same. And then like, at some point
1: when the line's there, one of the Bettys is like, oh no, they're going to notice I'm calling perma one. Distract them. And she like, bends over to Tire Shoe and they're all like, Whoa <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, classic gags.
0: Mm-hmm. And then B- Benny Hill goes, runs across yeah, the screen back exactly. and forth.
1: And uh, finally, Ficus, at some point, he uh, he's... Fighting some Gorgons, letting Quark escape. And uh, his, his his gamma gun shot of his hand. And he's captured and he's brought to be tortured. And he's tortured as you torture a plant. Uh, being denied water under a heat lamp.
0: Mm. In, the, in the episode I watched, there's no indication that he's a plant. Is there anything that actually sh- makes you no. think? No. They just tell you he's a plant. He's just a plant. Well, I am a plant, they say.
1: Done. Anyway. So the majority of the episode is Quark basically getting to this power center. Which is kind of fun. Like This is the Star Trek parody part. They finally get there with the source guiding him. The door opens and it's like a plank, like a really skinny long plank Mm -hmm. going out to like a classic glowing orb power source in the middle of this room. But underneath the plank, it's just like fire and lava everywhere. And this giant insect mite flopping around in the lava, like reaching up, trying to grab him. And they're just like, he's just like, how am I going to get across this giant?
0: Is Is it a puppet? No,
1: it's like a man in a suit. Oh, It's like really weird though. It's just like, it's like the gag i guess of the most all these dangerous right they went to star trek but now it's just like a pit of lava and fire with just a weird like might like or the uh that like thing from star trek discovery that they get that big
0: oh yeah the, the tardigrade
1: yeah it's like it looks like a tardigrade basically, right, like flopping right. around down there they're at the power source but unfortunately the source neglected to mention they need to bring a ute bomb and there's some fun arguing here where he's just like i told you quark to bring it Quark's like you didn't. And he's like I did. They're like you didn't. And they argue about that for a while. It's fun, Jonah. It's fun.
0: Yeah, I don't know how fun that is, but <laughs> I'm just picturing. Because what do you think of of Quark himself as a character? You know what?
1: Not he's not great, but his the actor playing him. He's going for it. Is kind of wormy enough that if he weren't being
0: written as a straight hero or like some very like. You know what? You you know you're right because I wasn't sure how he felt about him, but I think I think you've you've hit it there. Is that they just need to push it a little more. The kind of like sadness and kind of patheticness and that he's like, there's maybe a reason why he is I think he kind could, of the armpit of the yeah. universe. And he could get there. I feel like that actor yeah. could get there pretty easily, but they don't go for it. They because haven't gone there. Though, they they want the joke that he's still like, I'm just telling you, get ready for the next episode. <laughs> right. Well, wait, wait till you
1: hear this next joke in yeah. this episode. Uh, well, he's
0: trying to, well, they're arguing about like how they didn't
1: bring a bomb. Uh, Gorgon guard comes up in the sources. just like, I'll protect you. And they like, shoot at each other and i guess the source like the guy misses and shoots himself or something so it's like that mm-hmm. was me but somehow and i was gonna ask you because i could not figure out how this happened well this like brief firefight where they both miss each other happens quark is blinded <laughs> and now we'll spend the next 10 minutes completely blind really no yeah. uh so the source is just guiding him around the ship and like leading him he leads him to ficus and he like busts into the room and he's just like holding his gun in the wrong place he's like put him up everybody and they're like who are you pointing at and then he turns he's like you obviously and there's just like a series of jokes about how he can't look in the right. right place and blah blah blah. saves ficus ficus thankfully knows how to build a bomb they bump into andy who's uh, through a series of pratfalls escaped his captors they have to once again build up the source's confidence by chanting we want the source
0: yeah, that's what we have to do we want, we want the, the source, source we want, want the source. source yeah i like that. I, that I can get behind a good chance
1: that was that was the entire thing anyway the cuts commercial break to come back they've got the bomb like there's been no there's been no muddling around they set the bomb he sets for an hour the source uh calls him a chicken basically tells him to sit it for 20 minutes they settle on 30 minutes
0: hmm. <laughs> little you know now did you mention the source he's he's in a box right
1: no he's just he's there's nothing oh so he
0: doesn't even carry him around
1: he's just a disembodied voice that no, follows him that's around. that's stupid there's not in anything it's just like a voice that's constantly floating around them
0: and a not confident voice
1: and there's some indication because the gorgon finds out high gorgon finds out they have the source and he's like and like they cut to him he's just like they have the source he's very dangerous to whoever side he's on but they never go into further detail (laughs) (laughs) what that means Hmm. anyway they now you know make a retreat back to the ship pick up all the crew members they left behind on the way there's a quick fight where uh the high gorgon shows up with his mason spike and like he fights he fights quark and like basically what happens is quark just ducks and he gets his arm stuck in a wall right and it's just like so they all get away and they fly away and there's like this big shot of the giant giant spaceship exploding classic like you know 70s fireworks style like it's just like you cut and it's just, right. like fireworks yeah. exploding blah blah and then uh, a, a call comes over and they're getting hailed and it's the it's the high gorgon he's not dead he got away but uh he tells he tells quark he's like you made a powerful enemy today I'm going to hold this grudge forever. And uh, Quark gets all sniveling. He's just like, oh, there's nothing personal. Uh, just uh, just do my job.
0: Classic Quark.
1: Classic Quark. We jump back to Perma 1. Quark, Strange is a touching moment. Like they try to have to do a touching moment where he puts the source back in his sphere and the mm-hmm. source is going want to go back in. But like they have a weird touching moment where he's just like, you did great source. When you're back in 200 years, you'll do great. <laughs> it's just, it was a weirdly, I thought I was kept waiting for a joke and it just never came. Um, and it kind of closes out again with another kind of like you know you did great quark the big the the head yeah palindrome and i here the head's like quark for saving us i want to give you a promotion i'm going to give you your own starship which kind of has but i guess they're gonna give him a better starship is the idea and he's just like quark's like thank you sir he's like but i need my crew to come with me and the head's like okay well never mind (laughs) and then he walks out and and like the rest and then he's just like Uh, i should have said yes first and then and then tried to get my crew he's like ah who says that who says never
0: mind this is not gonna be a spoiler but in the next episode he tells everyone uh again it's like we may have a mission and if we do it right he's like you're all gonna get a starship but there's there's no indication that was ever said and also why it's just like i think that's just gonna be like this weird dangling carrot thing all the time yeah
1: i mean obviously you didn't watch it but what i will say about the second episode is it was like a better improvement it was more of an adventure
0: so was the th- the third episode as a, as again once a sp- spoiler the the pilot was the weakest of the episodes.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's it, it definitely it was a step it was a step forward on the show. It was just like it wasn't like perfect by any means, but like it at least like had a couple more jokes. Still some terrible jokes, still some really problematic stuff. I but less of it because they really didn't talk to those characters mm-hmm. much. And it just it, it felt just like a little like, it was like I'm like, "Oh, well this is a little more like a pilot of a parody of a science fiction show." Right. Um certainly more than that first episode anyway. But Jordan, I've now described an entire episode. This is the first for us. This is it is is weird, but
0: it's funny because we got through these pretty fast, both of them. And the thing is, it's these are very very short on plot. Oh, very short. But what's also weird is they're also very short on character, which is not none of that's necessarily a bad thing. You can have sitcoms that have really strong characters and they carry it. This though, and I don't know if it's gonna get there. The characters aren't strong enough to carry this show, at no, least not yet. Not yet. So, it's very
1: gag driven, and the gags yeah. are very hit and miss, and yeah. mostly
0: miss. Mostly miss. So you have a show that it it feels feels very stutter stop because you don't really engage with any of the characters. So it's just like, what is this show? Well,
1: I mean, we'll see what I mean. You have obviously watch the next episode, but I, I feel like from what you're describing, even in slightly slightly of the next episode, it sounds like the characters are even like inconsistent from episode to episode two.
0: Yeah I think I think it's just Except for maybe Betty Yeah maybe Betty Cause she's just She's PC. Yeah that's it She's just there to be like Isn't she pretty And stupid Just the way you want him You know <laughs> I mean that's definitely The thesis of the yeah, show Yeah yeah Alright I got some final notes Before we do the rating Okay
1: uh, The head We've seen this actor before Apparently
0: He did look familiar Who is he I, I wasn't think, I sure if it was just from Because I've
1: seen him in, in TV At that time be, I don't think we'll wreck it We would have recognized him But he was in the Quester tapes
0: Oh who was He was an immigration officer Yeah I wouldn't have known that
1: But uh We've also encountered Andy before. Oh, really? The person who did the voice of Andy? That uh, played played Andy, yes. Uh, he was in Planet of the Apes. He played two apes, Remus and Arno. <laughs>
0: Which ones were they? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I have it here. Remus was in uh, The Good Seed. He was the farmer's son who built all the contraptions.
0: Oh, who did the uh, human face? No, no, no. Human impersonation? No? No, it was the little son who like built all the Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Well, at and, least I remember the episode. And
1: the other one, Arno, he was in the pilot. He was the kid who discovers the spaceship at the first episode. Oh,
0: I do remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's Andy the android. What a
0: wild! Uh... All these celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. All these celebrities. Yeah.
1: All right, Joan, Let's rate it. Let's rate Quark since yeah. we've both seen that one. <laughs> so weird. Yeah.
0: What do you give the first one?
1: Ah, uh, I'm gonna give it a, a four. I think.
0: Um, I'm I'm actually a little surprised. I'm gonna be more generous. I'm going right down the middle. Five well
1: and i mean here's the thing about that is i think i'm leaning harder on it it's not good like and it's one of these things like i'm like it's it's definitely like incredibly problematic at points but uh, i guess we're just
0: we're we, we try we, not to dock them too much that we have waved over the more problematic parts of we this. just
1: we allow our brain to shut off for those yeah moments. um but for the second episode which was kind of a second revision pilot mm-hmm. I think I'm giving it a four because I just felt like the second pilot did a better job. Did a better job, so I I would give it a six. The second pilot. Okay. Um, and I think if you want to give it a pass, a waiver, you're welcome to. I think I think I have to. Yeah, I, it's. I, I, mean, I mean,
0: I can just say, uh, based on your your uh uh my reading, your retelling a six, six. but I I would say I yeah I have to take a pass on this. Fair line. enough. It's I, a first. It's it's a it's a first for us. I'm
1: impressed. It's never happened before. Yeah. What a, what a wild what a wild episode.
0: But you know what I feel like i was there well
1: <laughs> i know you feel relieved you didn't watch 45 minutes
0: well yeah <laughs> yeah i actually i'm actually surprised that they would have ever aired that because if you think about it the show has a trouble has trouble sustaining itself for 25 minutes and to oh, do yeah. an, sh- an hour long like it's like you guys are not doing the show when I any put favors on my
1: second episode and i said it was 45 minutes i was, just, like, I was just, like i was just like what is going on? and i like went to the other episodes I'm like all the other ones are 25 minutes why is the second episode 45 minutes Only later to realize it's a a redo of the pilot. Anyway, that's about it for uh, this episode of Continuum Drag. If you want to talk to us about Quark, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. And, of course, on Instagram and Twitter, we'll have some clips from these episodes. I guess I'll I'll pull stuff from the hour long (laughs) since you have no idea what's in it. Yeah, and I'll Um, pull from the first one. uh, But you know what? I think there's a couple. I think we should at least have seven good clips of these things, like that weird Ergo the Slug. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely gotta find that uh, weird uh, engine room with the like bug thing in the in this in the like swamp. That that was
0: pretty good. Oh yeah, I want I want to actually see um, what the uh, disembow- uh, disembodied voice doesn't look like. <laughs> I know you, that's a great clip. You,
1: you won't you won't be but it doesn't look yeah. like. Anyway, Jordan, it was a pleasure doing this podcast with you.
0: Yeah, and I'm really excited episode. for the next episode where we we uh, we'll watch the same episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, were you gonna watch another episode? This? Yeah. Just, you'll watch it again, though. Right? I'm
0: gonna. I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> I'm just. I'll, I'll, here's a tease for everyone. Court gets old. <laughs> 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 All right. See you, everybody. I'll see you then.
1: Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rexedler. Produced by Jordan Dellick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley. Jane McRae and Stephen Packard.